Welcome to the Alpha Ministries podcast. Alpha Ministries is a recovery church whose mission is to teach individuals and institutions to recognize and apply the gospel of grace, building stronger families and communities. I am Bill Lloyd, producer of the podcast. Today I sit down with Mike Hendricks and we talk about our journey and how the Alpha Series has impacted our walk with Christ. Mike Hendricks teaches the Alpha Series to inmates at the Okeechobee Correctional Institute. Mike also has a YouTube channel called The Sanctified Hippie. The link to that will be in the show notes if you want to hit and subscribe to hear more from Mike. I hope you enjoy the podcast and the testimony and the fellowship between Mike and I. God bless you, saints. Hey, Mike, here we are. We're going to do a little podcast on the Alpha Ministries um, podcast, which has been up and running, and it's been going pretty good. Um, we get, we've get we been getting a lot of traffic there, and what we did is we uploaded the first eight lessons, which were really 16 lessons, and then John and I did a discussion on the eternal view of suffering. And what we really wanted to do is to get some people on that have a testimony that involves how God used the Alpha series in their lives to kind of get them on the road to grace, another tool, another application of the gospel. And you and I come from similar and yet very different backgrounds, but we both had Bible training and when we when we heard the Alpha series, it started, I don't know if it started punching holes, but it definitely challenged the the belief system that we were taught. And to be honest, really wasn't working for me anymore. So why don't you tell the listeners like basically who you are, the sanctified hippie, um, how you got to Florida and how you started interacting with John in the Alpha series. All right. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share my testimony. But um, I was a flower child of the uh, 60s and 70s, actually. I literally had a 63 Chevrolet that had my nickname on it with flowers on the side of it. Okay, I'd, uh, I guess that was the precursor for God helping me and did not really care what other people thought, you uh-huh. know. And so that worked pretty good for me. But, um, but. You know, I, I wasn't a jock like you, man. I mean, I, I played junior varsity football for three years, which broke a record. You, you're not supposed to play when you're a junior, but I wasn't that good. So they kept me, held me back, let me be a leader, I guess. But I didn't fit in with the jocks. I didn't fit in with the brainiacs. But there was a group I could fit in, which was I called them the freaks, the hippies, you know. And so that started my pathway of going uh, rebellion or whatever. But uh, I was uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I was working at an Oconee nuclear station as an instrument control technician. Had a great job, but I was a weekend warrior. I'd get high on the weekend and get sober to go to work Monday morning. And, but I almost died of an overdose. And uh, that sort of got my attention. And uh, so. How old, how old were you when that happened? Uh, 21, 21. Yeah. I, um, you know, I started in 
one thing when I was 16, I, I looked older than my years. I know I got a baby face now, but I bought <laughs> uh, beer from my buddies because I could get, uh, they carted you at 18 then. So I'd buy beer for the whole crowd. You know, I, it wasn't fun anymore. I mean, sex didn't satisfy, uh, the drugs dulled the pain. And I remember they were having what they called a hard hat revival at the construction job. The, the process, there was three units there at the nuclear power plant, and we were getting for unit one ready to run. And But there was a guy there now, which was actually a heretic as far as I'm concerned now. He was teaching a ministry that's uh, by a modern-day prophet. But I went up to him and said, hey, man, I'm trying to get saved. And I don't know how to do that. Uh, it's not seemed to get anywhere. And uh, he said, come on, he was a pipe fitter. So he took me back in the sawdust, uh, not sawdust, cement dust and everything. And we prayed back there. And he said, getting saved is like uh, a gift. I'm going to give you this quarter right here. But unless you take it, it doesn't do you a bit of good. And that, that holds true to anything God has to offer you today, which is very mm -hmm. valid. He has a lot for us, but we don't receive it. And so I... Um, that was my getting saved quarter. And it was February the 29th, 1972. And I was working the night shift. We were doing stress tests on the reactor vessel. And, uh, but that morning, the birds were sweeter. The sun was brighter as I drove home. I, something happened. I changed from death unto life. But I had no clue who I was, who my heavenly father was, but I knew something happened. I quit my drugging, my whoring, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I told the preacher, I said, you just tell me what I got to do and I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, that worked okay for a while. But I felt, uh, I don't know, how, how long do you want me to go with this, Bill? I don't, yeah, I can, no, just, yeah. Just yeah okay, going, all right, yeah. okay. So anyway, I do, have, I, I do have one question before that. Were you, did your parents bring you to church or you go to church as a youngster? Actually, yes. In a way they, they, it was a, it was a very legalistic church. And I remember mom and dad got saved under uh, an evangelist and, um, but then got discouraged and quit going. And I called them out of fellowship, you know, uh -huh. uh, and all. And they quit going. But I remember some of the greatest memories of my childhood was sitting beside my dad with his white shirt on a little narrow tie and the sun coming in through the opaque window. You know, mm -hmm. I, that was a cool thought, yeah. Yeah. you know. But uh, anyway, they got discouraged because of the legalism yeah. and just dropped completely out. And so I remember my mom was freaking out. She said, She's when I was doing drugs, I came home one time and, and she said, what's wrong with you? And I said, uh, and I was looking in a mirror and my face was melting. <laughs> I said, they called it acid mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she yeah. flipped out. I mean, and she said, and she, I didn't know at that time, but she asked for her sisters to pray for me because they were in the church. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. said, I can't pray for him, but you can. And, uh, but she was zealous over that. In fact, she, she went to sled agents, told them about what I was doing. And they, they said, Oh, we know your son. We've been watching him. He's going to this house over here where they're doing drugs and everything. And, 
So I remember my, they talked to me. They gave me the talk. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and said, uh, listen, Mike. I said, Mom, I can quit anytime I want to. I just don't want to. Yeah. And my brother started crying. He was nine years my junior. This was, I was about, I don't know, maybe 19 or 20 at the time. And she said, Mama, they're going to take Mike to jail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. anyway, God arrested me because of, it took all the joy out of it. Yeah. I mean, sex didn't even do it for me anymore, Yeah, you know, and uh, almost died of an overdose. I actually put a needle in my arm, which I said I never would do, but God was in that. We don't understand everything. God has foreordained these things. And a lot of religious people think, well, he didn't ordain those bad things, but yes, he does. Mm -hmm. I really believe that God uses all this crap, in our lives to bring us to the place that we can understand and grasp things. So anyway, yeah. I went, I, I was building a chopper motorcycle, had a chopper and, um, had certain goals, you know, in my life. One is to have a chopper motorcycle, have a boat because there's a lot of nice lakes up here, have a pad that I can take the girls to. And you know, you know what you do in that situation. Yeah. And, um, so when you got, uh, when you got that quarter, salvation did you go back to the church that you had gone to when well you I, sp- I split it i split it i actually i went to my the the westland methodist church which my parents grew up in and then i would go to his church in the evening and he told mm-hmm. about a modern day prophet william branham you um, you probably heard of him you know and stuff and i remember i was baptized for uh, in march in a lake up here and it was cold froze the devil out of me, I guess. <laughs> and, um, you know, but he told me because there was, even in that, you know, there were certain things that they could do that other people couldn't do because of the message, you know? And, uh, he told me, he said, uh, I said, listen, I, I really can't go along. I've used to slay away. They had real to real recordings, listening to these preachers and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, you know, I was listening to his messages and split between the two. And finally God was telling me, you know, there's, and the thing of it was this prophet gave a bill of divorcement just like Moses did. And that didn't jive with my current thinking at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I said, nah, that ain't can't be right. I mean, God don't change, you know, so, you know, because I didn't understand the covenants or anything at the time. And so I said, I'm leaving. And this guy told me as a new convert, he put his finger in my, said, if you leave this message, you'll be damned for eternity. <laughs> wow, yeah. Wow. And Bill, you know, but still God was working. And I said, nah, I just can't go along with this, you know. Yeah. And then I felt like God wanted me to go to pr- preach. And well, first I told them at work, I said, I can't work on Sunday anymore. I'm a Christian now. Yeah. And I said, can you give me a job that I don't know? We can't do that, Mike. And they came to me and said, Mike, we've got you. And oh, and while I was there, one of my buddies got mad at me, was going to kill me. And he broke into the place and with a gun and stole the money out of the coffee kitty. And I found out about it and I was carrying a gun. I was going to kill him. He was going to kill me and God kept us apart. I mean, it, it, Bill, yeah. It, it, yeah, this is crazy, you know, Wild West. Yeah, 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 you know, so, but I remember later his girlfriend who told the lie on me said I was sleeping with her. I never was. And I don't know why she didn't like me. I mean, look at me, Bill. I'm a great guy, you know? Yeah. But, so, <laughs> Anyway, 
he, he, I had a, a, a 25 automatic in my pocket. I had a 12 gauge shotgun in the back seat. We sat there waiting for him in Seneca, South Carolina. And, um, we, um, and he came in and, and Diane said, don't go down there. You'll get sh- arrested for sure. Catch him away from town. But God kept us apart because yeah. I'd have killed that sucker if we'd have come together. I mean, you know, yeah. we would have. I remember we had these guns in the car and my friend, Tony, who's dead now, he one of my best friends, uh, died of stomach cancer from drinking and stuff, you know. Yeah. And that's another story I'd love to tell sometime about how God worked in his life in different. But uh Anyway, this guy came up and said, you're screwing my girlfriend. And he started kicking Tony in the car. We was in my car. I had 57 Chevrolet. I didn't know. I'm sorry. A, a 71 Chevelle Malibu sport coupe. I'd ordered it from the factory. Uh, marijuana green interior in case I dropped some weed. Uh, A-track tape, you know, black vinyl top, sunflower yellow. And all because I had the means yeah, because there yeah. was, you know, I mean, it, it was it was great. But I said, Tony, shall I shoot him? Shall I shoot him? And Tony said, no, no. He just t- kept getting the kicks, you know. But I say all that to this. I'm not glorifying the crap, but I've, I've been there. I've been, I've done that. Yeah. But I was, I remember I God spoke to me. I was riding a Harley to, to church. And he said, why do you want to look like a hell's angel when you're my, one of my children? Yeah. And actually the Schofield Bible that the Branhamite gave me was I strapped to the sissy bar and it fell off and skidded on the road. And I've still got it. It's got the leather burned off on one side of it, you know, you know, and I said, okay, God, you meet the nicest people on a Honda. So I sold the Harley. I bought a Honda and I bought a Volkswagen van to take people to church in. And I went up to Whitewater Falls to pray and fast where God wanted me to go to Bible college. And I prayed, I was there for three days. I, as you look at me now, you know, I don't fast often anymore, but, uh, you know, you know, it was, uh, it was a interesting thing. And I, I remember I, I made a camper out of it, sort of up there sleeping and everything and came back still did not knowing where to go. And I remember I sat down on the couch, asked mom to make me some soup, uh, because I was breaking my fast. And I just told God, I mean, and this is how God talks to us, you know. I said, God, I, I guess I'm just going to go to Hope Sound. That's what seemed to be the logical thing to do. And I went to Hope Sound, met my wife, mother, my children there, and, and went into a very conservative church. Uh, and they were Wesleyan Armenian as the theological persuasion. And when you said you decided to go, when you decided to go to Hope Sound, you were living in South Carolina, right? Right, right. I'd actually. And was the Bible college? I guess it was that well known, huh? That you came. Yeah. Down. Well, the, the when I got saved, I dated a girl, and had a girl, it was wonderful. A good, good friend of mine, Harvey Fisco, he was a missionary in Alaska, and his his sisters uh, were. Uh, in the area, they were living in the area here mm-hmm. and Harvey had gone to Hope Sound and I was dating his sister, Izzy. And, uh, uh, the first girl I dated since I was a, a Christian. I remember I went to the girls that I'd screwed in the past mm-hmm. and apologized after I got saved. And I remember one girl, she, she thought I was going to marry her because now I was a Christian, but yeah. I didn't have any intention, you know, yeah. but, and it, it was all, God's hand was in it in it all, but I'm sorry. Maybe you have some other questions or comments to direct us. No, now. that I, yeah, I was just I was just 
curious how how you picked Hope Sound. So that's where well, th there were several conservative because I had to have conservative Bible colleges. Yeah, uh, God's Bible School in Cincinnati, Ohio, was too far north for me. Uh, I'd actually visited Kentucky Mountain Bible Institute up in the Kentucky coal mining country to because I'd heard about them from somebody. And mm -hmm. then I'd heard through Harvey about Hope Sound. Yeah. And that's what got me there. And and it's providential because that's where I went back to after I fell from grace from the ministry yeah. and, and went back to Florida. And that's where I met you, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so you came to Hope Sound for Bible college and that's where you met your wife. Right. Right. My first wife. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Alex best uh, wife asked me, said, Mike, are you married? And I said, well, uh, I've had two wives and the one I'm with now is not my wife. <laughs> she laughed. <laughs> but so I'm, I'm crazy anyway, you know that bell, but, um, uh, I met her, we raised four children or she did. Basically I had a problem with my identity. Mm -hmm. I was a rageaholic and a sexaholic bill. Yeah. And, uh, um, uh, uh, that was my undoing in a way, but again, God used that to get me out of a very legalistic church and get me broken enough till I, I, I had nobody else but God, yeah. you know, I, I, I considered suicide bill because I was living, I called it in the doghouse. It was a little four by four efficiency apartment. I couldn't live with my first wife, you know, there, and, uh, the children were scared of me. I mean, it was awful, Bill. So bad. Yeah. I've, you, you went, you went to Bible college in Hope Sound and then did you get a pastorship somewhere? Yeah, the, the, it was funny. There was a guy that was really dynamic. I told him, I said, you know, I said, uh, yeah, I would love to come and pastor with you. Cause he looked at, he got me at graduation cause he was looking for potential. And I said, but I'm having a real problem with this entire sanctification. Well, that put the nail in the coffin for him because yeah. if I didn't understand that and I didn't believe that for that group, that was bad. So there was a church in Binghamton, New York. Uh, they asked a friend of mine, we're friends today to come and he had plans to go to Asbury theological seminary and he didn't want to go. So they got to the bottom of the barrel and they asked me to come to Binghamton as an associate. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. I met wonderful, have friends to this day, some great people there in the ministry and, and friends there. And my first child was born in Binghamton. And then, uh, we went to, we took a pastor at the past, the district superintendent liked us there, loved us and asked if I'd take a church. And so I remember we were at district conference and I was still a Wesleyan at the time and they were celebrating. They were liquidating their debt because they pulled out of the Westlands because the Westlands are too liberal for them. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so, but they were liquidating the debt because they had to buy back all the church property the way it was, the politics was set up. Yeah. And one guy asked me, said, well, what are you getting so blessed for? I said, well, I said, said I'm getting blessed with you guys, but we're getting all the money in the Westlands. <laughs> so, it was interesting, but I, I loved it. I passed. I remember pacing the floor in the pastorate of Port Jervis, asking God, is this the best you can do for me? Yeah. Is this the best? Because I knew the struggles I had. I remember I left one time, Lois and I were fighting, 
and I left and I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to have sex with this stripper that her kids went to our church and man, she, God put her together. Right. I mean, she was awesome, Bill. But I remember when I left the house, my Michelle was crying because her mother and I were fighting and God softened my heart and I didn't go do that, you know, but I felt those struggles inside. You know, you're talking about in the podcast the other night about we men were triggered by, you know, a good looking woman. I mean, yeah. they can mess us up. Yeah. And, um, but I really believe I was the best God could do for me. Then sometimes we think we're frustrating God's grace, but God has exactly where he wants us at the mm -hmm. right time, Bill, mm -hmm. you know, and that was, I learned a lot there. I've had good friends there. Uh, I remember we, my father-in-law worked for Cleaver Brooks Boilermakers. He made us a wood burning boiler so we could save money. And so we went out and had a wood cutting bee up in the, the Pocono mountains, you know, and, uh, uh, great fellowship, wonderful time there. We had a little bus ministry there. My father-in-law gave us a bus and I drove the bus, picked up the kids, took them home and, and got back in time to preach, you know, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, just a lot of different memories. Yeah. But I went from there to a church. They called me to a church near Binghamton and it was there that I met my Waterloo. I had a, a illicit affair with a young lady that was coming to the house to help. Lois was pregnant with her fourth child and she had high blood pressure, was bed bound and, and God laid uh, Satan laid a trap and like an ox led to the slaughter. I fell for it. Uh -huh. And, uh, I went to the dis district superintendent told him, he said, Mike, they love you, but you can't stay. And so I, even if they want you to stay, you need to leave. And so I remember Lois said, well, we're not going to South Carolina. Said, I can't get along with your mama. And mm -hmm. said, I said, well, I can make a living in Florida. And in 1984, I moved back to Florida and tried to patch my marriage up, but it just couldn't happen. Um, I wasn't where I, you know, needed to be in that. My ex, my Lois wasn't either. And she had a hard time with forgiveness, which rightfully so. Uh, but thank God we reconciled and I visited her in the nursing home where she had a stroke and things until the day she died. But um, all of that, I don't regret a bit of it, Bill, except the people I hurt in the process. Yeah. that That's the thing, Bill. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, there were lessons there that I could, would not have learned any other way, you know? Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's, that's it. I got back to Florida. You and I worked at Whitestone for a while. Yeah. And then, uh, I remember uh, they started a place there, uh, Treasure Coast Forensic Treatment Center. And they had no chaplain there. And a guy that had been through the Alpha Series asked John Glenn if he knew anybody that could teach the Alpha Series. Mm -hmm. And John said, yeah, I know this old boy. <laughs> and that's how I got there. And John knew. Because I didn't really understand it then. I still don't think I do, Bill, because we struggle with it, you know? Yeah. But I've, I taught it for probably 80 times. We had 80 graduations with the guys there. In fact, mm -hmm. 
we just concluded today and we're closing out the alpha series i'm teaching for the first time in kenya east africa awesome. and i've already sent them certificates with my name and alpha ministries and their group on it and all and bill it's it's so exciting to serve jesus yeah yeah it is um i wouldn't change it for anything yeah. And like I said, I regret people I hurt. Mm -hmm. I mean, my children grew up with so much dysfunction, you know, and they, they pay for it today, I guess. But they love me today. They love me in spite of my flesh. And we have a great relationship, I think, you know, and I think they do too. I, I remember my oldest daughter had me and her mother walk her down the aisle. And some people said, how can you do that when your daddy was such an abuser, you know? Yeah. And she said, well, God's grace, you know. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's my that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> yeah. Now, when we met, the first time I met you was it was out at we, – we, at that time, we had a little home group, and we would go out to the ranch. Um, I don't, I don't know how it all happened. We were at Bessie Creek. Did you go to Alpha Ministries when they were at Bessie Creek at all? Or when did you first hear John teach? Was it? Okay. The first or? time I heard him, Lois heard about him actually. And some of the people, uh, some of her girlfriends had heard about John. Yeah. And the first time I think I ever heard John was with Buzz and Sue Mullins in Jupiter Farms. Okay. Me that too. Martin yeah. French was actually living out there. Yeah. And I think his first wife, or I'm not sure what the situation was, yeah, babysit my, my kids when we went to that horse barn. Yeah. And that's where I met Pam Herman. Pam Herman, you know, was there at the time. I forget her real her name then. You was know, that like 94, 95? Bill, that's the thing. I don't have a good Probably. Yeah, could could, could yeah. have been. I think it might have even been before that. But then we went to marital counseling when Bill was at Family Worship Center in Indian. No. Bessie Creek was before Indian Town, right, Bill? No, it was after. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. I remember yeah. now because of the conflict between the yeah. – after um, – What's his name? The Homer. Homer passed yeah, away. Passed away. Uh, there arose a Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's okay. See, God works in that. We don't understand. Yeah. We think it's a bad thing when churches split or yeah. when things happen, but still God working in it. His sovereign will is being copied. So, yeah. So I, I went to marital counseling, and that's where I got in a men's group there with Harry Herman and... Um, David Hempfield, uh, and I, in my mind, I couldn't understand how could this man be so in tune with God and go out and take a smoke break. That blew me <laughs> yeah. away. You know, that blew me away. But yeah. I called him my black Moses, you know, because he spoke yeah. so much truth into my life, you know. Yeah. And we were there in the group uh, there uh, at, uh, uh, you know, at Indian Town. And I remember when they dedicated the church, uh, Lois and I and our four little kids came and, and John recognized us as our group from Hope Sound Bible College. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
there. And yeah. I remember there were Catholic priests there, Bill, when they dedicated the church. There was all yeah. that was eclectic group. You know, yeah. it was just yeah. amazing. And um, but what the I think the turning point for me, you know, I, I mean, I, I went to Bill, I mean, to uh, John, you know, we had our hourly sessions, we had our group sessions. And again, I say it's the sovereignty of God. I wasn't ready to receive it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wasn't ready. Because I remember the exact, there was a, a point in my life where I stood in the parking lot of Pizza Hut in Indian Town, uh, Okeechobee, Okeechobee. And I asked John, I said, John, will the Alpha series as you teach it work? with Wesley and Arminian theology. Yeah. And he could have told me this, but again, I think it was God said, now it's time to tell it. Yeah. You know, because I was trying to carry water on both shoulders. I was trying to fit it into the framework, trying to make it work because I mean, we got to do something, Bill. We have to be some, there has to be some accountability or something, you know? Yeah. And, and John said, Nope. (laughs) said, because if you can screw up your salvation, you're going to screw it up. And you can't screw it up. Yeah. And that was the point where I said, okay. And it was sort of like that thing about going to Hope Sound. You know, I guess I said, okay, God, I'm going to, in a sense, turn my back on my mentors there that I loved. I love Brother Heron. I love Brother Whitaker, Bobby French, all those teachers that I had, you know, there and I basically said, okay, I'm just going to say that, you know, I can't screw it up. I'm eternally secure in God's love and he, I'm significant in his plan. And I was from the beginning, but I didn't know it. I didn't right. believe it. Yeah. And it has been an unfolding of all that bill for me. I mean, yeah. it really, really has. And uh, I, I'm not... You know, I tell people I'm a Wesley Baptocostal. You know, I take a little bit from the Wesleyan. I take a little bit from the Pentecostal. I take a little bit from the Baptist. But you got to watch them Bible thumpers, those Baptists, they'll cut you, man. They they are so mean-spirited, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then the other people, they're so insecure, they can't love anybody but themselves, and they're trying to save their own ass the whole right. lot. You know? Right. And so that's how I evolved into this teaching. And I, I remember my daddy, bless his heart, he's been dead now almost six years. He said, I sure wish you'd find a Bible church because he attended out at the ranch, you know, and they came yeah. to my, wed- my second wedding at the ranch. You yeah. know, I still remember that Sandy told me, she said, Mike, I've never sensed the presence of God so much in a wedding as your wedding. <laughs> how many years did it last, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> You know, but still, it was a, a good experience. You met you, you know, Barbara and I yeah. attended Whitestone yeah. together, and all, yeah. and and so it, it was okay. I mean, there was a lot I learned, a lot about it, and now I don't think three times is a charm for me. I think that if God shows me something along the way, that's fine. But I really believe I don't have to worry about a woman now. And yeah. that's a blessing in a, in a way. I can do whatever I need to do for God, and it really doesn't matter. You know, I can live in that mobile home and be perfectly happy, you know. Yeah. 
you know, so it's, it's, and here I am with my mother. This is her house now. Yeah. You know, I'm in the Carolinas helping her for the summer. Yeah. And, um, uh, and she, <laughs> she asked me the other day, I was listening to John on the first Sunday and they're having communion. And she asked me, she said, Mike, do they not ask everybody if, if they feel worthy to come and get this and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Bill, I got angry at my mama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, no, they don't, mom. You know, yeah. and I guess there was some animosity there or whatever to that, yeah. you know. In fact, my Kenya guys asked me just this morning, if we've got two people who are fighting, can they come and receive communion? And I said, well, I said, my first answer is yes. I said, because they certainly need the means of grace and all. I yeah. said, but you've got to ask God what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Because my pet answers what John says, which is pisses us all off that uh, uh, what's God telling you? What's God yeah. telling you? Yeah. 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 Well, so, yeah, that's that your testimony. And I, you know, put some of the pieces together for me, because if you look at, you know, how God worked in your life and it it's through our failures. It's through our failures that we learn. And if we're willing to let God pick us up, if our pride doesn't get in the way and we're willing to let him pick us up, you said it, you alluded to it. It's, it's a phrase that Richard Rohr always says, and you basically said the same thing. God wastes nothing and he includes everything. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, and getting us to where we're to be. Um, for me, I I had a very like a similar thing. I grew up, you know, in, in New Jersey, um, and my big thing is when I, you know, I started lifeguarding, and there was a really after work party scene that revolved around that. Yeah, um, I my, I was headed. My dad, growing up, told me you have four choices when you graduate high school: Air Force, <laughs> Navy, Marines, or the Army. Oh, the Coast Guard too. He's, you know, and I, I was, I was going to pick the Coast Guard because I figured I could go near the water and surf all over the country. You know, that was my, my mind. Yeah. But I decided, and it was really a Bob Dylan song that changed my whole trajectory. Really, because when I started listening to him, I started reading more. I got into poetry and all this other stuff. My friends were like what's wrong with you? Cause like I grew up in the big football town, but I was always drawn more towards the, the water sports anyway. And I decided the last minute to go to college and become a teacher. And that's where I got, that's where I got saved. And it was really, uh, it was just the Lord drawing me. I remember right. I just this simple prayer. Um, Lord God, I don't know who you are or what you are, and you must not like me because I don't know who you are. But if you're real, I want to know. And within three or four days, I had people sharing the gospel with me, especially my sister who had gotten saved. And I hadn't been home from college during the three months that she really got saved and took off with it. And when I went home, I think it was for spring break, she shared the gospel with me. I got back to school an old roommate that moved to another part of campus. This was my junior year called to share the gospel with me. So I, I got saved in college. Um, and then, you know, I did it to myself. You know, I went to a pretty, 
pretty, I mean, the, the church was a, a pastored by a man called Matt Garippa, and he loved the Lord. And it was a, I don't even know, like it was a mountain Bible chapel. It was pretty fundamentalist, but they weren't legalistic. But I put all the legalism on myself because I was going to be the best Christian. Oh, yeah, was, absolutely. I was going to be on fire for Jesus. And then I went from there. You know, I graduated college and you just make these decisions. I was offered to go for my master's for free if I would be the head RA of a dorm. And I was like, no, I got to get out to work. I got to start making money. I got to go out to work. But I was I, I taught at a Christian school that was attached to an Assemblies of God. And be, but before that, when I came home from the summer, my senior year, I went to a uh, Reformed church, Calvinist Reformed church. Mm -hmm. Really indoctrinated in that. Then I went to the Assemblies of God church, and I was, you know, the new firebrand in the church because I was loud and I was obnoxious and I said a lot, you know. And so just that fleshly stuff that oh, I'm on fire for Jesus. You know, and um, I met my first wife there, and I remember they were cutting back at that school, and I had a chance to go to this mission field, missionary school in Central America, and I thought, well, that's the ultimate sacrifice to be a missionary. That's really shows that yeah. you're out for Jesus, and but never once did I really think God loved me unconditionally. I knew Jesus died for my sins, but that was so God could at least tolerate me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. you know, kept God's wrath from just consuming me right there and then. And it was funny because growing up, I had a little experience. We were kind of Eastern Christmas Catholics growing up. And I, I thought about Jesus, but I kind of dismissed him because he lost. Yeah. And, you know, we're because, you know, Billy Jack and Patton, they were all my heroes and they they always won. You yeah. know, and I was like, ah, oh, he got beat. You know, I didn't realize, you know, the whole gospel story, what Jesus did. Right. So, you know, growing up, like I, I kind of just dismissed it. So when I was in college and I, you know, I heard the gospel for the first time, I went and then I went to the but I knew going, you know, getting involved in the going to the to the mission field and i got malaria i had ultra shock depression i just i just failed at every level there um yeah. still tried to be my obnoxious self then i came back from the mission field and really had this like morbid the world's going to hell in the hand basket. God's pissed off at everything. And it's just really, really bad. And the my first wife listened to this guy called Wayne Monblow. And he was he was a new covenant, made a clear break between the two covenants. He was a grace teacher. And I would be like, that's that sloppy agape. That's that sloppy agape. You know? <laughs> Greasy grace. <laughs> yeah. And I remember we were driving somewhere and she was running into the store and she wouldn't listen to him around me. He had a, a, a show. And I, when she went in the store, I put on the radio to listen to him and man, he was talking right to me. 
And he was talking about the miseries of legalism and, and, and you know, how it makes you mean and intolerant and angry. And, and I hated myself. And I actually, my first wife, she was 14 years older than me. I married her because I felt sorry because she kept saying while we were teaching together and friends, I'm going to be an old maid. I'm going to be an old maid. I'm going to be an old maid. <laughs> and then people started coming to me and say, oh, I see God put you to get two together. And I was a brand new Christian. And I didn't yeah, you, yeah, you, you got to take one for the team, brother. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it was really bad. I didn't want to marry her because I figured, well, she's going to be older than me. And oh, but that's superficial. And I just, I just kind of went, I just kind of bit the bullet and went into it. And I remember that's where I was angry, mad at the world, you know, kind of unequally yoked. But I listened to this guy. And I remember I went to work the next day and I was only married a couple months then. And it's the first time I really heard God speak to me loud and clear. You made a big mistake, but I'm going to work it together for the good. It's going to be okay. And I just put my heart and soul into trying to make this marriage work. I mean, I was depressed on my honeymoon. That's how sick I was and codependent, you know, <laughs> really. Yeah. And you think... And I said, well, I blew that part of my life. So, you know, so we did the best we could, but I started listening to Wayne. I went through his grace course and it was all up here, but it started sinking into my heart. I started right. getting some, some relief from the legalism. Then I listened to this guy, Bob George, who was also really pretty spot on. He's in fact, he's one of the best teachers that really teaches the covenants the difference in the covenants and the separation of the old and the new and how we're under the new. So I moved to Florida with all that beginning of that teaching. Right. I would go to churches. I would go to churches and I'd feel frustrated because they were all mixing grace and law. Yeah. And I knew something was off and I knew something was way off with me. I wrote Bob George's ministry and said, I heard you have cells and Bible studies over the country that use your materials. I said, home groups or, you know, anybody here in South Florida, they sent me all the way to Boca. When I was at Boca, they said, well, there's this guy, John Glenn in Martin County that teaches. You never heard of him? And I was like, no. And they gave me buzz. They gave me Sue Mullins number, called her. She said, yeah, we, John's teaching the Alpha Series here. I went to that place, the barn thing on their property, and John was teaching on the Solomon Syndrome. And he went into, I will be worthy if I win souls to Jesus. I read my Bible. I have my quiet time, right? And that's where it clicked that that's what was wrong with me. I was doing all these things to make myself worthy. And that's when I started going through the Alpha series over and over and over again. Right. Well, John, I could tell John thought, you know, I was this, I would always try to talk to John, like John, you know, and, and he kind of was like kind of standoffish, like this guy's flaky, man. And I, but I was real excited about what I was learning. And anyway, um, my marriage got really, really worse. The criticism, the discontent with my first wife and the anger towards me, the verbal abuse was getting really bad. I didn't realize how bad it was. And something really weird, not, you know, she has passed away since then. And like you said, we, we reconciled, 
But I share this part of it to show how God does put things together. It, it was, to make a long story short, she began writing John Glenn anonymous love letters. And she was writing these anonymous love letters, and she was convinced that God was going to put her and John together. So when I discovered it and confronted her on it, she blew her top. And then she kind of backed off. And I said, just he's not receiving this. You know, he <laughs> they're anonymous and they were trying to figure out John Hales and the whole like as soon as John got the first letter, he goes, hey, we have a problem here. And they were trying to figure out who it was. And so when I went and talked to John about it, he said, you know, you, he goes, I'm not going to talk to your wife one on one. You guys have to come in here together and I'll tell her it's all it's all bullshit. So I went home and told her that, and she asked me for a divorce. She went, I want, I hate you. You know, you should have never done that. And I, I was heartbroken. I was busted up, but all the grief and the anger and the hatred and resentment that I had stuffed began to pour out of me. And I had been through the Alpha Series four or five times, and now I knew that my life was falling apart, but the sickness was just spilling out of me. And that's when I decided to... There were people around the Alpha Ministries that were did the 12 steps too. And they had something that I wanted. So I had this, this guy, I said, I want to go through the 12 steps. So I was going through the 12 steps. Meanwhile, my ex is like, I want to divorce you. We were already separated, living in separate rooms. And so Anyway, she says, well, we should, you know, I, we, we're not going to that church anymore. So I, I stopped going to Alpha Ministries. I stopped interacting with John. And then she said, I'm not going to that church. John's this and that. But all the while, she was still carrying on. And, you know, it came to where I had to confront the situation again. And John, you know, I went out and talked to him. We spent the day talking together. And he, he kind of looked at me. He goes, listen, this is, don't not come to this church. You know, this is your church. He goes, this is your body. He goes, you belong here. He said, you know, whatever, he goes, you know, whatever your ministry is to this, to Judy at this point, he said, you're, you got to minister to her and, and all. And I said, can I just sing in the choir or something? That's, that's the ministry I want to do. So anyway, we rode that thing out as, and it just, we decided to divorce. We decided that just, there was just no going back. Um, and as we went through the divorce, halfway through, she changed her mind and said, oh, God hates divorce. And I just didn't trust it. You know, I just did not trust it at all. You're talking years of dysfunction. And we tried to go for counseling and the marriage counselor told me that I was being emotionally abused. And I was like, there, there's no way a woman can't abuse a man. She's a woman. I'm a man. I'm not being abused. Don't you know? And but I, as I got out of that situation, I really saw how how really sick the both of us were, and and needed, you know, counseling and 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 the twelve steps. So that at that point, God kind of like we got divorced, and God moved me totally forward and then the split happened where john decided that the vision that they had at family worship center and the vision for alpha ministries were kind of two different things 
Roger Garamore held the meeting and we all went. And then I forget what I said, but I stood up and said something to the group. And that's when John came over and I, I really hadn't been attending church that much. <clears throat> it was just me and the Lord for a long time. And in fact, he sent Liam and I to these widows that were in the nursing home. We would do, we would do that every Sunday, visiting these widows that were in this nursing home together. And John at that meeting, because Roger had asked me to come, he came over and he asked me if I would be, you know, a teacher and an elder with the, the new church that was forming. And I said, John, I don't, I don't want to go back to church. I don't want to backslide, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed. He goes, you know, you'll be you'll be coming for different reasons. And that's when, you know, we were all kind of it was good. It was a good time we had there at Bessie Creek. Then we bought the property over on, well, not bought the property, started renting where Whitestone was. And then, you know, when John decided to, um, you know, shut down at Bessie Creek and get the land out there, there was the art group that wanted to stay on the coast. And, um, you know, we did that for six years. And, and you know, I met Carrie there. I met Carrie during the Bessie Creek time. Um, and that's where you and I met. And I know we had we had a little disagreement. And I always think like today when I was getting ready, I was like, you know what? I, I think Mike and I are like Paul and Barnabas. They had a disagreement. They want their separate ways. But here we are again. You know, here we are talking. Amen. I, remember, I remember we kind of talked it out that day on the lifeguard stand. But I feel like, you know, I was immature and I, you know, I was, you know, whatever that one meeting, we kind of got into it. But I, I really feel God's grace was, you know, doing something there because that's when you had to go and you went. And that's oh, where yeah. all Absolutely. That, Absolutely, that Bill. You started going yeah. teaching at the, the prison. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. I, th I, I thought about that, you know, different thing. Well, I, you know, my little thing was I said, Bill's an excellent teacher. He's just not a good pastor. <laughs> Yeah, That's what I said. That's what yeah. I said. You, you know, in a lot of ways, you were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And I but totally yeah, lack I, the administrative gifts. Like I, I don't, I can't be a traditional yeah. pastor of a church. There's no yeah. way. That's yeah, well, not, you're not going to kiss anybody's butt, Bill. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I will, maybe you know. But anyway, you know, I, I thought about that. Uh, but before I forget, because of my senior years yeah. and everything, uh, a lot of people are hooked into the religion that if you if you try as hard as you can, Jesus will make up the difference. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That's a lot of where a lot of people are at. You know what yeah. I mean, Bill? Yeah. You know, I'm going to do the best I can and Jesus is going to make up the difference, you know, and I, I had a, one of my mentors, I thought a lot about him. That's what exactly what he thought, you know, mm -hmm. and again, that's where God used him and everything. And, but he also told me one time, uh, it was when I was at Windsor that, uh, Brother Hendricks, there ain't anybody that's all bad. Everybody's <laughs> got a little bit of good in them, you know. Yeah. And he he got in trouble because he used people that didn't fit the framework in one of his earlier churches that he was yeah. at, you know. But uh, yeah, Bill, it uh, again, you look at it and, it and it hurts, you know. I I I still, you know, and again, we've hashed it out and back sometime. But I thought if Bill had just told me when we were working out at Harriet. 
what Sanford's place, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. If you had just told me that would have been the end of it. I would, I would have quit, yeah. you know, pursuing being yeah. the past pastor, you know, you know, yeah. said, no, we'll, we'll deal with it tomorrow. And I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Your, your, your heart was pretty pure and all that. You know, I, I really, I really well, yeah. believe that. What I, what I did is I said, well, I'm just going to wait till the meeting. You know, I'm going to see what the other people say. You know? Yeah. It yeah, just, yeah. It kind of went sideways. Yeah. But, well, it's, it's yeah. split the church in a way, which is a shame, yeah. I guess yeah. it, it did because they were the disciples of Mike and the disciples of Bill, you know, basically <laughs> yeah. after that, yeah. you know, but, well, but again, it worked out for me and, you know, <laughs> you said you wanted me to come in and you was going to pray for me over my new ministry. I said, no, hell no. He ain't going to pray for me. <laughs> so I don't know how pure my heart was, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, again, that is the beauty of the body. Yeah, and the diversity in the yeah. body, and yeah. we've got to understand that. We, yeah. my my mother is uh, reminded me of a lady, you know, I knew her as a little child, and uh, but she said, "We've got to understand my little red coat doesn't fit everybody." Yeah, and a lot of times we think everybody's got to do it like we do it, yeah. say it like yeah. we do it, or whatever. And, and we, there's so much diversity in it, and God uses. I mean, I, this movie, you know, The Chosen, has really opened my eyes to the the fact that God used a bunch of misfits, mm-hmm. you know, and guess mm-hmm. He's still doing it. Yeah. He's still doing yeah. it, you know. When we're our flesh is flesh, and it it has all of its, but God. I think God grooms us mm-hmm. by our flesh, to be honest yeah. with you, what we yeah. do and our, our dis- ways we go in it for particular purposes, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's beautiful. And I thought, well, I said, boy, Bill is magnanimous to include me in all this stuff. You know? <laughs> and oh, I yeah. appreciate I, pr- I appreciate it, Bill, because like yeah. I said, we, 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 didn't see things eye to eye over that particular yeah. issue. And yeah. I, I sometimes even forget how much we really hashed it out. You know, I know we yeah. went met at the lifeguard stand and we, we, we talked sometime after that, you know, different things. Yeah. But again, we can uh, agree to disagree over different things and all like I said, yeah. but hindsight's always 2020. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and that, you wound up at the prison. I went to I went to that church in Palm City that split, and we're, I was there nine years, kind of with Frank and some other. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the Adobe was, looking place there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what yeah. it was though, and and John and I talked about it, and we we told them my presence there was a, and I got to teach the Alpha series there, over and over again, and for me. Teaching it made me learn it, and teaching it encouraged me to walk it out. And teaching it and and being um, at that place, they they were in a mess. I mean, they were in a financial mess. They were in a spiritual mess, and a lot of the the people that were remnants of Whitestone, they didn't want to go near there. So a lot of them went back out to the ranch, and Sal's out there now, and Frank's out there. You're out there, and I see, you know, God bringing a lot of things back full circle. And whatever happened 
those nine years is we sold the property, the people that were in financial straits that put liens on their houses for that property, we bailed them out and it was God worked all that out. And then, you know, I'm kind of working with John and with Reach Community Church. You know, I'm, I'm kind of yes. working with both those groups and we do the Tuesday night class. But, but the thing that and I, I, you know, I, we've both been through a lot since we first studied the Alpha Series and first learned it. For me, it's still like this great practical daily application because I've read a lot of other things. I was telling John Glenn, you know, I went through this period where I was going to be a mystic. You know, I was try to be a mystic, you know, yeah, I'm going to be yeah. a mystic. And God, I didn't even know what that looked like. And God told me, you know, um, he reminded me that I, I would tell Carrie sometimes when she would say, you need to do this or you need to do that. And I'd say to her, woman, all I got to do is believe the gospel and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and guess what? Me, we, can, we can't even choose when we're going to die, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, you know, yeah. you know yeah. it, it's just, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing, Bill. Okay. I'm just, uh, I'm just thrilled. Like I said, yeah. and I, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, uh, again, with the Kenya group, I'm, I'm in a Monday night group with Alex Bess, one of the elders of the church uh -huh. out there, and I love it. It's just a different dynamic, but uh, yeah, uh, everything it, it all works together, and I just go with the flow. If it if I yeah. have to kick a door down, it's probably not my door, you know. Right. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to this, you know, being shared in whatever format you think is appropriate, you know. But it's just. Uh, and yeah, it's it's Pharisees Anonymous for sure because if we think that we can contribute anything, you know, our righteousness is. I love to tell it. I said a text without a context is a pretext, and some people's religion is a cotex, <laughs> <laughs> a filthy rag. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. That's, you know, the thing is, we both came from licentious backgrounds. And then immediately went into legalism to try to control that flesh. Right. And, you know, the thing about it is Richard Rourke teaches on it. He says we all have to start somewhere. And he said, and, and I, I had kind of these resentments against my early churches and what they taught. But now I don't. I know that's where God had me during that time. He taught me what he needed to teach me. And then he blows the, the sides off and he, he you know, he. He shows you where there's holes in your theology and where he's always leading us deeper into that relationship with Christ. And so I don't, I don't, because we, we had the licentiousness, we went into conservatism, conservative, and then we learn how to walk on this road of grace, how to walk in the spirit and let, let God really be God in our lives. And it's, it's a one day at a time. And even the alpha series, has limitations of where God's going to bring us and what he's going to do. But it's still for me, the tools that I have for cognitive and exercising my faith and things to fall back on. And it's a great, great, great thing for people to start for them to start because really where I saw the big revival here on the treasure coast, even though the alpha series was used in re for recovery for addicts, the biggest revival I saw were religious people. Pharisees. They received, Pharisees. They received it so gladly because they were done 
with their legalism. It almost killed us. And there were there was the people from Living Waters, their church kind of blew up and they wound up going to the Alpha Series at the Grace Place. They loved it. There were people right there at the Grace Place that were like, whoa, what is this? You have Ed, you, you had the Naps that were from that, Harriet, they were all from that group. Um, the McCreary's, it was like this, this group of us that have labored under the law for so long. We're like, whoa. And to me, that was real revival. There were people mm -hmm. that were getting a hold of the message, wanting to support John, wanting to get behind it. Um, it was after a while, the churches had to stop inviting John in because <laughs> it was funny because some of the pastors were like, oh, this is a way we can enhance our study. Oh, yeah. like John Glenn's Build our machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of like, then people started saying, man, and John did his best not to, you know. Oh, yeah. Not yeah, to, yeah. Well, never... like I said, we we and, and the, the danger I think also is to think that we can become alphaites. Alpha you know, we think yeah. the alpha, you know, or uh, and we jokingly say John's the Pope, you know, and yeah. stuff, and all. But uh, said, it, and again, the devil doesn't care if he. And I, you know, I used to say, well, he'll send you to hell. No, he can't send you to hell, but he can definitely take the edge off your effectiveness in the kingdom. Yeah. And that, that's what he's after. He's trying to discourage us. He's the accuser. And yeah. so if you want to be effective in the kingdom to be truly overcomers, you know, uh, that's what we dealt with in chapter uh, 12, lesson one. You're a truly overcomer and to yeah. comfort those that are uh, feeble minded and those that are weak in the faith. And I always thought the weak in the faith were the altar runners that never got saved, you know, or never got up there, you know, but weak yeah. in the faith is the one that's so calloused and unloving, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. Mike, I, I want to end with, with the story and you've heard me tell it before, but I really want the listeners to hear it. Cause I think it's really cool. Okay. Um, when, um, so when we were over at Whitestone, um, there was a guy his name was Dave Lesniak, and he wanted to put together all the grace teachers all over the country. And he was excited, and he really liked the Alpha series. So um, this guy, Don Brzezinski, saw that we were in Stewart, and he's up in Vero, and he said, Bill, I really, you know, I really need fellowship with grace people and this and that. So as we talked, he came down, we had lunch, and he talked about his background at Hope Sound Bible. And I said, uh, I said, oh, I said, our, our, one of our elders here, I said, Mike, um, and, and John Glenn, your, his nickname for you at that point in time was Motorcycle Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Mike, Mike Hendricks. I said, he's, and he goes, what? He goes, no, nah. he goes, I just can't see Mike. He goes, I can't see him embracing, <laughs> embracing the grace message. He was so legalistic, right? So, I said, no, man. I said, he's, he's great. You know, and then I told you this that Sunday, I said, hey, this guy, Don Brzezinski, you know, he's up in Vero. And you said, Don, I can't picture Don teaching the grace message. <laughs> he was so legalistic, you know, and that's that's the miracle. I think when we're ready and when we've really come to our, like when we've tried to be tried to be a good Christian or whatever and fall flat on our face, God's going to he's going to teach us and he's going to you know, grow us. And I think that um, our, our journey in some ways, I mean, we feel like, man, we're old men now. We're in our 60s. 
Our journey is just beginning in a lot of ways, too. I mean, we don't know what God has for us in, in all eternity, but the fellowship that we have with Freedom Ranch Tuesday night um, is really, it's really special, you know, and yeah. I'm really thankful for technology because we you're up in South Carolina and you've been able to participate every Tuesday and we're able to do this together. So for that, I'm grateful and um, I'm grateful for you and your ministry and, and just your presence with, with our ministry, with Alpha Ministries, because um, God really did, you know, he put, he puts the body together as he wills. That's right. That's yeah. right. You know, and, and, you know, people that are listening, um, don't get frustrated. You're exactly where you're supposed to be today. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we think God's clock keeps perfect time. I used to jokingly say blasphemously too, I guess, that when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God to show me his watch because I thought he was late sometimes, <laughs> but not really. I mean, yeah. you know, because of the eternal view of suffering and the, the God's, uh, you know, sovereign plan, uh, you can't mess it up. Yeah. I do believe uh, maybe, like I said, you know, we could have shortened the journey a little bit if we hadn't have married those women or whatever, Bill, you know <laughs> what I mean? But still, yeah. God used those things yeah. in our lives. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's some, it's the sum total of it all. So yeah. thank you again.